0: Hallelujah, Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. That is one of the best shower songs you can sing. <clears throat> just sit right there and just sing that song. Just, just in the shower, just say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. When you're riding down the road in your car, just sing that song. There's something, and if you don't know it, look it up on. You can look it on up on Spotify. There's something about that name's name up t- title of it, right? Something about that name, I think, and uh, it's just a beautiful song, and, and just, it's just so powerful, because you can't you can't speak more power than the name of Jesus, right? Amen and amen, amen. Praise God. God is so good. Amen. Man, we I tell you what, man, y'all pray for our nursery workers back there. They got they got a bunch of kids back there in, in, that, in that in that that room and. And they uh, praise God for that. Amen. I'm so excited about all the kids that are here today. We, we were very excited. I dropped off another one while ago, and they were like, just pray for us. We got, it was like a story. It was wonderful. I loved it. All the kids running around and playing and having fun and learning about Jesus back there. Today I want to talk to you about um, a message about servanthood and relationship. I think um, that, that is a lot, of, a lot of things a lot of times in a lot of churches that are suffering at times. Um, And uh, we we need more relationship in churches. We need more people serving as well. We always need more more people serving. Don't forget, thinking about that next week, um, Pastor Tammy's going to come down and celebrate with us. We're going to take in all the members that we had, um, go to the membership class. Um, There was like 58 people, I think, and hopefully everybody will be able to be here, but we're going to have... Take everybody in next Sunday, and it's going to be a wonderful Sunday um, for those, and, and, and you know, and just because you don't have your name on the dotted line don't mean you're not a part, you know, but we, we will have more classes for those of you that want to join join and be a part of the church. We'll have more of those several months, but uh, we're just excited that, that we're growing and things that things are happening and moving, and... Uh, of course, in October, we're going to go to Israel again. You know, I have, we have about four people that's going to go with us. And I, I try to go every year. Somebody from the church goes. I want to go there just for, so they'll feel more comfortable. They don't know a lot of people there. I want to be there, safety, you know, stuff like that. Pastor Tammy's in charge. But I want to be there to help her, and, and I get an opportunity to speak there. I have never, ever, 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 never come back from Israel, not changed myself. I always feel more power and authority when I preach. I always learn stuff. I see places. And in my mind, when I'm preaching, I can put them in my mind, and it helps me recreate a scene for you, possibly, um, and it, with pictures or it just even my, my mind's eye. And it's wonderful. But when we go there, the, you know, we got to get on these airplanes. <clears throat> and it's like a 12-hour ride. And, and you know, um, I always try to, you know, spend a little extra money, just not very much money at all for, for the Comfort Plus. Comfort Plus seats gives you about six inches more from your knee, your knees up and just maybe an inch wider, you know, and, and, and it just makes a 12-hour trip a whole lot better for you to try to rest because I feel better when I get up and I feel like I'm somebody because I get up and I go to the back of the, of the airplane and I see, like, everybody's squished or like this and there's no room, their knees are hitting everything. I'm like, man, I'm high class, you know, and then I, then I, if I go to the bathroom that way, but when then when I go to the front of the bathroom up towards the first class, I go in there and I'm like, I am a pump and nothing. I might as well be living on the streets compared to this right here. 'Cause they got these little cubicles. And it's a whole cubicle just for each seat it has a whole cubicle and they can like almost all the way lay down. They got comfort control up there. They got these big, thick, nice blankets that they want them. You know, when I'm walking on the airplane to go back to my comfort plus, they back there, they've already got hot towels to wipe their face with and all kind of stuff. And, you know, and it's just funny how the if, you know, and it's not just on the airplane. Whenever, whenever you you first come in and, you, you know, of course, to, to for that, you're like, well, just go upgrade to that. No, I will never do that. That's got to be given to me because that's like $2,000 extra just to have that little, you know, it's crazy, you know, but but you know it starts soon as you get to to the the, the complex because. The fact that whenever you first come in there, if you want to park closer to the airport, you got to pay extra there. So you know, and then you got to pay extra and, and for you know to have an upper class experience. If you get a TTSa pre-check, you get to go through this little tiny short line over here. Everybody else goes up here like a Disney World line, where you stay for hours and they pat you down ten times, and you still got a penny in your pocket. Take it out, you know, all this kind of stuff. And put your hands here. It's just crazy, right? Um, you know, and I love the, I love the little the man or lady that's standing in there, barking orders you know tell you take everything out your pocket take it out if you. you don't we're gonna take it from you oh this guy I just I'm just like okay and over there they're like okay see y'all later we'll be waiting for you you know over here um, you know, and then whenever you get to where you're sitting at, there's this big group of like 400 people sitting there with two outlets, but if you got money and you upgrade, you can go to, to like the sky club area where you have like, I don't, I ain't never been in there cause I ain't, never got, you know, I'm not that kind of high class, but i I feel like there's like a big buffet and like a thousand like plug-in outlets for your phones. I don't know what happens in there, but I just feel that way. I feel like they're getting full buffet meals and stuff in there. But the first class thing, you know, is, is all across, you know, they even label America. You know, you know, um, upper class, middle class, and lower class. Well, I want to tell you, to get to my point, that that um, you know, in the Roman Empire in Jesus' day, it was all built on class. Everybody focused on status. We think our 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 government is corrupt. It does not touch the day of Jesus' day. Go back and study it because we we're like, oh, our government is always corrupt. Every year is always. It does not touch the Roman Empire day of Jesus. Everybody was built on class. It was, you, know, you, were, you, were, you had all these different classes all the way down to, to the people that, that, like I said, preached about a lady with the issue of blood where she was, she was unclean. And when she, came, when she came by somebody, she had to yell. She was such a low class, she had to yell unclean just so people would stay away from her. It was crazy. Um, and, and you can see it in the disciples. And, and, and um, if you're looking at the, uh, the Last Supper, you'll see where James and John were fighting Arguing who was going to sit on the right side of Jesus, because who if you sit on the right side—that's my left side, my other, my other left—the right side of Jesus. They used, my, my, in the military um, in boot camp, they used to get so mad at me. You say your other left, son, your other left. But anyway, on the right side of Jesus, because that was a position of power, and they felt that Jesus was going to overthrow the government, and they wanted to be on that right, that, that right hand of power, so they had authority too, you know. But but the disciples believed that. that this is all going to come down. But Jesus decided to be counter-cultural. And that's what I believe that, that the church needs to be today. I think we need to counter the culture. Because there's so many bad parts of our culture. There's so many things in this world that is cultural, irrelevant, whatever. And we need to be a counter-cultural. And, and, and do when what God has asked us to do. Because Jesus went against the culture in his day. And that's why today I want to talk to you about the towel servant. Because even in the earliest writings, it, it says in Scripture that Jesus... He humbled himself. You see, I love Adam Sandler because if you watch, if, you know, he's got tons of millions, of millions of dollars. But if you ever see a picture of Adam Sandler, look him up, he's always got on like long shorts, tennis shoes or flip-flops and, and, a, and a big baggy shirt, you know, just hanging out. And he's like got a million dollars. He's just like chilling, don't care. You know, and I love that, that he's humble like that and he's not out there trying to flaunt it. You know, you got other people that want you to know you like, you know, I'm just an island boy. You got to see the island boys on, on TikTok, right? And, <laughs> And, and, and they, they got all this money, and they're like, look at all the money, and they just flash it everywhere. I'm like, you broke. You know, you got paid, and you've got it all in $1 bills. You broke. You know, i just an island boy. So and it's crazy. You know, but then there's a guy on, on, also on, on social media. His name, he calls himself Greatness. And he goes around, and he goes to restaurants, and he's like, okay, pick, pick whatever you want your, your tip to be, let me know. And they're like, $20. And he's like, I'll give you one more chance. And they're like $100. And he pulled out $100 to give to him. I've seen him give anywhere from $100 to $1,000 to a waitress or a waiter just, just trying to bless them. And so many people have known him now. Now he has to put a lesser amount in one hand and a greater amount in the other hand and say, pick. You know. Um, and he does that. And he's trying to start a movement where we start serving other people. He's trying to start a movement. He's got T-shirts. He wants everybody. And there's people from all over that's starting to do that, just starting to bless people. I'm like, we, man, gas is like $10 a gallon. I can't be blessing people that much. You know, I wish I had that much. You know, if I did, I would definitely do it. And my blessing is like $5. I'll give you $5. That's more than I got, you know. So the thing is, is like, but he does that. And I've seen him actually, one lady called him on it. And she said, I don't know, $10,000. He said, okay. And he pulled out $10,000. And gave her $10,000, and she was like freaking out, and she was just trying to be funny, and he did that, but he was doing it trying to show that how we need to, we need to serve others, we need to love others, we just need to give and, and be a blessing to others as much as we can. Now, when I'm talking about servanthood, listen, I'm, I just use that example, I am not talking about you. there's a million ways to serve without giving a dollar. You know, and everybody thinks, well, I just don't have money. You know, I don't, but there's a lot of ways you can serve. And there's a lot of ways you can build relationships without having to give each other money. But in the Roman Empire day, the only way that, that you humbled yourself was that you lost your status by, by losing money. Or you, you lost your status or you lost your title. Other than that, if you had status, you kept it. And everybody wanted status. And it was really bad. You know, but, but see, Jesus, nobody wanted to lose status, but Jesus did. God did, right? Um, John 13, 1 through 17. I'm going to go through each verse real quick and just share you some, some break down the story for you. <clears throat> and kind of go verse by verse and then kind of have a story as well. Verse 1, it says, It was just after Passover festival, Jesus knew the hour that came from him to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And I love that. Really quickly, um, John, if you can go in my office on my little thing there and get my little, it's a little towel. It's, it's right there sitting on the, the sink, please. Um, but it says, and he loved them to the end. He, ta- he loved the disciples to the end. And I want you to know that I love that, that he said that, because that he loves everyone to the end. He said, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. And so God loves us always. Now, the thing is, is God's love is unconditional. Our love is conditional. I don't care how much you tell somebody I love you unconditionally. Your love has a limit. Our, everybody's love. We're human. We can't help it. When someone does you wrong, when somebody betrays you, backstabs you, they cheat on you, they, 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 they talk about you. Whatever it may be, all of a sudden your love has a little, a little, a little glitch in it. And now all of a sudden you tend to, to back off at times. But Jesus loved to the end. And he said, I am with you to the end of the world or in, end of the age. Number two, at the evening, verse two, the evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. See, God. Jesus had authority. He was talking about status. He's God. And he took his God status and then came down here on earth, and then now he's above everybody, okay, here on earth. And then he still said, you know what? I'm above everybody, but I don't want to show that. I did not come to be served. I come to serve. You know, so most of us feel in, uh, um, um, are inferior. Thank you so much. We are inferior, but we act superior to compensate for it. You ever met somebody like that? They were so insecure, but they bullies are a big, a big example. The, a lot of them are so insecure. That's why when you stand up to a bully, most of the time they back down. Because because they're in they're inferior. A lot of people compensate their lack of insecure, their insecurity, lack of, of, of security for uh, they try to do something. They try to they try to flash, they try to show money, they try to show status, they try to show what they got when when really inside they're broken, they're broken people. You know, And so they'll do things, they'll try to show all these different things that they have of this world that makes other people think that they have things when, they, when really the thing they need most is broken. Jesus knew he was superior, but he came down and acted in humility. He put the interests of others instead of himself. So he got up from his meal and he said they were, they were all eating. And he got it from his meal and he took out his off his outer clothing you know they had back in the day they had like a a, a, a a linen thing and then they had another robe on top of it and sometimes another robe but he took it he took it off showing i'm taking my taking off my, my authority here okay taking off my authority putting it to the side and he said he took a, a a towel and wrapped it around his waist okay well i <laughs> anyway no i did i got this one on purpose And I got this on prayer. It says PD because one time I was, and when I was a youth pastor, I was preaching and I was up to sweat. I said, man, I feel like I need, I feel like today I need a towel like T.D. Jakes. And somebody went and brought it a a PD on it. So I think it's kind of cool. But anyway, so I'm not putting it around my waist. He put it around his waist to show he's a servant. But, you know, we don't do that today. Today, what what do waiters do in in fancy restaurants? They come with it on their arm like this right here, right? So I'm going to do it in today's vernacular so we'll we'll know what what it is. But it says he wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples feet drying them with the towel that was wrapped around them now why is this so important because the roads of Palestine are very nasty and dirty you know they have, they have you know their mode of transportation is donkeys camels and all kind of animals walking around dogs and cats cow- all kind of stuff around everywhere so there's dung everywhere it's, Palestine and Israel is very dry especially in the desert area it's super super dry and so you're walking around and, and, and the sandals that they have was just a sole on the bottom, just the sole, with like um, string or leather wrapped around your, your feet and your ankle. So, <clears throat> and, and during, you know, and, and there's inches of dust, and so you're kicking around your, your feet, and, your, and your, your feet are nasty, they got dung all over them, they got all kind of poo on them and stuff, and so you're walking around, you walk in somebody's house, typically there is a jar of water. A pot of water and a servant that houses back then had servants and the servant would come in and, and wash your feet okay jesus didn't have servants he just had his his crew of 12 and there was nobody there to do that okay and so so when he got there there was no servants no nobody there and of course they were sitting around there eating and it probably stunk a little bit and they did it but he noticed that nobody's feet was washed you know and so he said you know what i got to do something about this you know I also this was also done here at the um the woman with the alabaster box one of my favorite stories you know, she was sitting there, and she came in and broke her alabaster box and washed his feet with her hair and their oil. And everybody was like, well, look at all what she could have done with that money. And what did Jesus say? Look, listen, you know, I came in here. Nobody offered me, you know, water to wash. A lot of times they would wash your face as well. Nobody offered to wash my face. Nobody offered to wash my feet when I came in, this, in here. Nobody, nobody came to serve me. He said, but she come through the door, and she's not even just serving me. She's washing my feet with her hair. He was talking about the service that she has and and the the, the heart that she had um, to love of Christ. But now, the the Last Supper is not like you see in a lot of places. They weren't in high back chairs, okay? The Last Supper, the the disciples were reclining. There's a low table, and they're they're reclining with their their left arm kind of right there at the edge of of the table or on the table, and their feet were were sprawled out behind them, and their body was kind of facing the table, and they were all around the table like that. And they had these little thin mats they were laying on, and the upper part of their body was kind of closer, and their feet was behind them. And so what Jesus did was Jesus went to the outside of the circle in the middle of this meal and began to wash um, the servant's feet. You know, most people would not have thought about serving somebody like that as, as a priority, but Jesus is not most people. And he said, there's something that needs to be done here. You know, and there's a situation and nobody's doing it. So I want to show how we should love one another. I want to show how we should serve one another. I want to show how to build relationships. There was, there was no one to wash his feet, but they were still dirty. And a servant's heart is the one that gets up and says, I don't know whose fault this is. I don't know. Um, I know it's not my fault. But you know what? I'll bear the cost. I'll do it. I'll take care of it. You know, I got it. I got it. You know. So, so, and it's not, it's not an attitude either. It's not an attitude of, nobody's going to do this. I guess I'll just have to. No, I'm not, that's not servanthood. That's, that's arrogance. That's, that's pride. You know, a lot of people get up and do that. They're like, hey, you know what? I'll just do it. I got it. You know, I got it. I got it. You know, that, so, but that's not the way to do it. Jesus Christ looked up and said, look, somebody has to clean these feet off. You know, but, but nobody wants to do it. Nobody in here. So I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to show myself. And be an example of that. Somebody's got to do it. It's not my job. It's not my fault. But I am going to serve and do it with the right attitude. You see a need, you meet a need. Right? Verse 6. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are we just going to wash? uh, um, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize what I'm doing right now. But Peter, you will understand. No, Peter said, You will never wash my feet. Jesus said, Unless you unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Okay? So so humility is unannounced. You don't you don't stand up when you want to serve somebody and love somebody, do something for somebody. You don't stand up and says, Hey, I'm gonna be hey Jason, I'm gonna be humble right now. I'm gonna get down and pick up that piece of paper up between your legs right there. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 don't, you don't sit there and announce that, hey. I'm doing something humble. I'm, I'm going to serve today. I'm going to be a servant today to the church, and I'm going to do things, and I'm going to pick up this paper. I'm going to go back there. I'm going to wash that. I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to help pastor with this. I see that ta- needs to be taken care of. I need to, Somebody needs help. Somebody needs this. Somebody needs that. You know, we, you know, Somebody needs to get help get out of the car, whatever. I just want everybody to know I'm about to be humble. That doesn't happen. That's not the way you do it. Humility is being willing to receive without receive service without embarrassment. You know, see, we often, pride refuses to accept grace. So we have no issue serving others, but sometimes we're so prideful, we can't let others serve us. When someone tries to serve us, no, 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 I got it, I got it. In other words, I'm so, I'm so powerful, I'm so much in authority, I don't need your help. That's, that's arrogance and that's pride. When someone's trying to serve you and then you do that, Humility is, is, is being willing to receive an award without acting like, you know, I no, no, I, I, I don't need, you don't, you don't let other people even bless you because of the fact that you're so proud and you got it so much, I'm self-sustained and I don't need your help. It takes humility to wash somebody else's feet, but it also takes humility to have somebody wash yours. You know, I, um, back in the day, we used to do feet washing at the church I was at. And, and you know, you would get there, and we had an older church. And, you know, and, and, it, and it, was, it was like people were like, when, and they knew we were having feet washing. You, stood, you always stood close to your friend or somebody you knew that had clean feet. And somebody had all jacked up toes and, and, and ingrown toenails and puss coming out. they like, uh uh-uh, 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 I can't wash your feet. You know, and you never want to be the last person to say who's left. You always grab somebody. Hey, I'm washing your feet today, friend. You know, it was just an awkward thing. But, but listen here. So Jesus says, if you, don't wash, if you don't let me wash your feet, I'll have no part, you'll have no part of me. So look what Peter, Peter says. He says, Peter, Simon Peter says, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Just give me a bath then. Just shower me off. It's okay. Just do whatever you got to do. Just go ahead and give me a bath. I mean, he just went from one extreme to the other, right? Jesus answered, listen, this is so important. Everybody forgets about this part. Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean through every one of you is not. See, he's calling out Judas right there, ain't he? See, washing feet is an example of, 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 of washing sin away. What he's saying is, if you're saved, you're good. But your feet have walked in places that are dirty. And you need to get that dirtiness off your feet. See, we, we're clean, we're saved, but we walk on the, we walk on the internet. We walk in, into work. We walk into stores. We walk into places and different things. And when we get into those places, sometimes sin tries to attach itself to us and tries to come on us. And we need to make sure and, and, and walk in a state where we can constantly get rid of that and have our feet washed by Christ. And say, God, Lord, I, I walk today in some places, God, and I just pray that you keep me clean and you keep me pure today. Because, because we may be pure, pure and clean up here, but our feet, where we walk, our daily walk, sometimes takes us places that, that, that tries to attach to us. And Jesus looked at Peter and was like, no, no, stop, listen, stop running your mouth, stop being excessive, and just listen to what I'm trying to say to you. You're always trying to go to the ninth degree. Don't do that, just listen. Jesus was saying if, you're, if you are saved, you, don't, you only have to wash your feet. See, but a lot of times, and it's not just where you go, it's the attitude of where you go. Sometimes you're clean, but your attitude stinks like your feet. And it's your attitude, it's unforgiveness, it's, not, it's walking in ego and walking in pride. It's walking in places that, that don't make your heart unclean, but make you spiritually unclean. That don't make your life unclean, but spiritually unclean. You know, because all things are permissible, but all things are not profitable. So some things may not be a sin, but you're walking in places that's grabbing onto your spirit and trying to pull you away from the spirit of God. We regularly have to come to him in repentance. 1 John 1 and 9 says, if you you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He wants to forgive us. He wants to be there. And anytime we ask forgiveness, he will always do that. Verse 11, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said, not every one of you is clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked him. I love that. He's like, I just want to make sure. you," Because so many times God does stuff for us, and I, I, I feel like he really wants to say that every time he does. Because so many times God does stuff for us, and we don't get it. We don't understand. He blesses us and he, he heals us. And sometimes I, I, hope, I feel like he just wants to say, do you understand what a big deal is, what I just did for you? But we don't. And we're like, oh, thanks, Jesus. Like, okay, appreciate it. Hey, God bless you. Here's a tip. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And we just go on about our business. And, he, and he was, he's like, do y'all understand what I just did for you? He asked him. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example, for you should do um, as I have done for you. See, in this example, it was, he said, it was a parable for the eye. It was a visual parable. He wasn't necessarily saying, like we did all back in the everybody needs to wash each other's feet to show you got Humility. That's that's not really a sacrament like that. It's an example. He's saying, I'm giving you a visual parable, just like I give you all these other parables on how you should do. That's not reality. You know, you don't have to wash somebody's feet to show that you are humble. He's talking about service. And he's talking about an attitude. He's not talking about the method, he's talking about the attitude that you have when you serve somebody. Jesus taught them humility, but they kept forgetting. And so he needed to have another parable to show them. He was constantly reminding them over and over to serve, to give, to love. Loving your neighbor as yourself means meeting their needs with the same enthusiasm that you meet your own needs. You know, when we, when, we meet our, when we have to meet our own needs and we're saying, oh, I need to get some gas. Oh, I do need to hurry and get some gas. Oh, hey, I got a hole in my sock. I need to make sure and get that done. You know, hey, I need some food. I'm hungry. You, may, you do that with enthusiasm. You're like, hey, I'm hungry. I want to go get some food. You know, when we serve others, we need to do it with the same enthusiasm. We don't need to serve others and make it feel like, hey, this is really putting me in a pinch to help you, but hey. Hey, I'm really spending some extra time to do this today, but hey. Uh, you know, hey, we're not, we're not saying, hey, listen, you know, I want to serve you, but you know what? I really don't have time, but I'm going to anyway. That, don't, don't help me if you're going to do it that way. God don't, God don't, that's not the kind of service that God wants. God does not want that kind of service that, that people, you know, want to make sure and let you know what a, what a burden you're being to them right now. That's not true servanthood. That goes back into arrogance and pride. Verse 16 and 17, the last two verses. Very, um, um, very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than the master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who has sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I love what Jim Collins says. He's got a book, uh, the author, Built to Last. And he says, humility displays itself in leaders who view themselves as servants, who sacrifice their own egos for the benefit of many. Now, whenever you serve, that does not mean that you let other people just walk all over you. Being a servant does not mean you can just walk on me, I'm just going to let you do whatever. You have to have boundaries. But at the same time, you still can serve and love and be enthusiastic about that. But you have to let your own ego go for that to happen. Paul Tripp says, uh, a friend says, um, We need a willingness to respond to the need that God puts in my path any time and any place. We need to be ready to serve at any time and any place, wherever we're at, Whether it's in the church, whether wherever we're at. But the th- here's the thing. Is that um we have to change our position to serve. Christ changes his position to heaven from heaven, being God. Down to earth, being Jesus, Son of God, over the world. Then he said, you know what? I want to serve you and be, be, and be beneath. He, he went down and got even down to their feet and showed how low we're supposed to go in humility. Not low as in dirty, but low as in service and love. He came down. He was intentional. It was not uncomfortable for him. And then you he, he have to change your perspective. Even though it's not your fault. Even though your, your feet are not dirty. Every person in our life, we have to see every person in our life the way Jesus sees them. And we got to say, you know what, my perspective is wrong. I need to start having a heart of love to serve others and to care for other people and build relationships with other people. So if you notice, he wasn't talking on the hillside. He was talking to the disciples. He was talking to the body of Christ, which tells me that the main point of that part of the scripture is that we in this house need to serve each other. Now, don't get me wrong, because in verse 20, he says, And if anyone I send to you, I send to you, um, um, that if you receive anyone that I send to you, you receive me. So yeah, there's going to be people out there that he's going to send to us too, and we need to serve them as we're serving Christ. But this first part is, in the house of God, we need to serve each other. We need to build relationships with each other. How, what, what kind of family is there in a church if the family, you call each other family, but you don't even know each other's names, or you don't know about each other? You don't care about each other. When, when, when one hurts, we all hurt. You know, when, when one is down, we're, we're all down. We know Amber, Amber's um, brother just passed, George, you know, so we need to, we need to rally around her. You know, um, Linda Grotto, her brother just passed, and she's all upset about that. We need to rally around her. You know, anybody else in here is going you know, Jay's, Jay, Jay King's going through some sickness, and, 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 and we need to pray for him. He got healed from the other cancer, and, the, and there's some other types that are, that are lesions that are there back, and he's back in radiation again with something new. And God did it, he could do it again. And we're just believing for that. But we need to rally. But also, when someone rejoices and we have other things like the kids, wonderful kids crusade where seven kids got saved, we need to rally and to talk to, to, to um, uh, Grayson and Amanda about what a good job they did and how wonderful it was. We need to build each other up. You know, I and mean, We had wonderful servants during that kids crusade that were willing to help and to serve and to love. They were doing all kinds of stuff. What can I do? What can I? matter of fact, we even had an extra too many, and was, that's always wonderful. You know, it's so good to be able to look at a leader and say, you know what? Thank you for your heart. God's going to bless you for your heart, but there's nothing for you to do right now. That's wonderful. That person is not going to not get blessed because they didn't get to serve because their heart was to serve. That's all that matters. God's going to bless your heart to serve even if you don't get to do nothing. So God was saying this in his parable to do that. And now. As we go forward, you know, is there going to be any epic moments now that happens? You know, no, we just have to have a willingness heart to serve and say, how can I help you? How can I serve you? And you know what? And we don't have to always ask. Sometimes there's things that we see needs to be done that we can just do. I'm not talking about breaking protocol in a church and going doing things that you've you got to ask for us about that. I'm not talking about that. I'm just stuff that we see around. If somebody spills some water, somebody does something, you, you just help. You know, someone, we have an event. You know, you, you volunteer. You know, you do stuff, whatever it may be, that you can, that you can be a part of. But I want, I want, I want us to, to learn to serve better. But I also want us to learn to build better relationships and humble ourselves with one another and say, you know what, I'm here for you. And getting to know every person in here. Getting to know everybody's name. Getting to know them. You know, maybe you take them out to eat on a Sunday. Or invite them over to your house for a cookout. Or, or whatever. Build, build relationships. I don't want, I don't want us to call ourselves a family. But we don't know anybody in the family. Right? Would you by hand and close your eyes? God, thank you so much for all that you've done. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to serve. And thank you, Father, for letting us serve and giving us the example to serve. God, we just praise you for that. Because when we serve, we are more like you than any other time. Because you said you didn't come to be served, but to serve. So if we want to be like you, Father, the greatest thing that we can do is serve others, love others, and build relationships with others help us to do that but also to have boundaries father help us to do that and do it in love help us to drop our ego drop our pride and just look and say how can i be a benefit how can i serve how can I be part of a small group? How can I serve in, 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 in one of the different um, places in the church? Um, leading a small group, sharing a small group, or, or, or being a greeter, being an usher, being a parking lot attendant. Whatever it is, God, help us to, to have the heart to be able to serve, to do whatever it takes to make a difference. Because every time we serve, we are more like you. And not only in this house, outside of this house, as you send people, help us to serve them as we're serving you. Because that's what you said in verse 20. Because you're going to send people to us, God. And I believe you send people to us to see if we're going to serve or not. Not as a challenge. Not as a, a trick. Not as a test. But an opportunity for us to show you that we love you enough to serve. And I know every situation that comes along, Father, where we're busy, we got things going on, but help us to to make time for some things to constantly show you that we love you, that we want to serve like you did. Help us to symbolically put a towel on our arm and, Father, be that blessing to somebody else. Help us to build godly relationships with other Christians in this house so we can go out of this house and build relationships with our city. We love you, God. We honor you. We thank you for all that you've done. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.